0: How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holtzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holtzman.
1: Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holtzman. And uh, the topic for today is actually an introduction type of session to two phrases that uh, uh, a lot of our clients know about, but perhaps is not as uh, generally known as what we hope uh, will happen after this program. And that's what we call process distribution centers and data distribution centers. And I'll get into, obviously, the definitions in, in just a moment. But uh, for those of you that have been listening to the, to the show in the past, you know that we have been uh, talking quite a bit about the lack of maturity, unfortunately, in technology. Uh, and some people may push back on that, but you know, technology has only been around about 50 years, and that's a heartbeat in time uh, as far as uh, humanity is goes, and also the understanding of complexity. We have to remember that. In 1954, when Peter Drucker wrote the book, The Practice of Management, was the first time anybody sat down and said, let me try to put in some kind of a logical form the concepts of understanding enterprises or businesses. And that wasn't very long ago. And so couple that with, you know, just 20, 30 years of of the Internet, uh, even as a twinkle in people's eyes. Um, and the somewhat chaos that we're seeing in, in, in technology, uh, um, you know, right now. And for those of you that have been following a lot of the, uh, the technology news, uh, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, who is actually the, the, uh, the titular inventor of what you and I know as the web and the Internet, um, has come back and said... And I'm I'm paraphrasing, so I want to be awful careful here. If you go look for this exactly, essentially, this is out of control. You know, our, my child, my child is bad, <laughs> and it's not 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 that it I can't fix it, uh, but it really is a problem, and it has to do with privacy and and hacking and things like that. And and um, he's looking at uh, a, a new view of of what this is going to be. So we see here an opportunity to rethink this whole maturity concept. And underlying what what we've been talking about is the concept of moving the maturity from what we call, and a lot of people now call, maturity level one to maturity level two to maturity level three. And it parallels what we saw in the physical world maturity. And so just uh, briefly, and this was one of uh, my previous episodes of the 2020 Enterprise, the first level of maturity is called make to order. And uh, it has nothing to do with technology. I'm going to, of course, pop, uh, couple it in with technology uh, because this is a, a pattern that we've seen. And, and uh, uh, in our working sessions and our workshops and the seminars that we do, we go into obviously you know, greater detail uh, than I can in a show like this. Uh, but basically, just for a summary, what is this concept? Well, the first level of maturity is referred to as make-to-order. And basically what that is, uh, is the, the enterprise, the business, you or I, it doesn't matter if it's a business, an enterprise, whatever it is, uh, is waiting for an order to come in the door before anything happens. Anything happens. Now, I am want to be careful here because a lot of people – uh, may get the wrong impression. Please remember there's three levels of maturity. So I'm going to give you a ridiculous example on purpose just to give you uh, sort of a, a a starter point here because this is what we're suggesting technology organizations are in right now, unfortunately, this first level of maturity. Um, and it's the first level of maturity is focused on implementations. And that's what we see in technology right now. We see everything, not everything, but a tremendous amount of time spent and in, in discussed and new techniques and new processes about building things, building things, uh, you know, that are out there. Handcrafting is what I call it. And for those of you, please forgive me if I'm I'm not here to offend, but for those of you that are fans, for example, of agile programming, two things I want to mention to you. One is, We've seen this before. It used to be called protocycling in the olden days. Uh, so we're seeing a, a, uh, uh, another cycle of this. And history is important because we can learn from our mistakes. Uh, and basically what agile programming is, hand crafting. It's, for those of you that are familiar with waterfall development processes, it's fast waterfalling. I don't care what anybody else calls it. You're doing it fast and quick uh, that's out there. And a lot of organizations are now calling this trash software. Those aren't my terms. Don't don't kill the messenger. Uh, it's out there. They're seeing more and more and more and more issues. And I'm going to strongly suggest to you that the the under one of the underlying factors in all the hacking and 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 uh, evil things that are going on out there is because of this particular approach, um, because it is so immature. And the evildoers out there are, frankly, a lot more mature. Plus, the evildoers can be anywhere in the universe, right? Well, not in the universe, but they can be anywhere on Earth. So all of these things have changed, and yet the practices that we use have fundamentally been the same. So what does this make-to-order concept I'm talking about here? Once again, ridiculous example on purpose. Let's say it's 150 years ago, and uh, we go to Dearborn, Michigan, and we walk up to Henry Ford, and we say, Hank, build me a horseless carriage, (laughs) And he says, no problem, Sam, come back in six months, I'll have one for you. And so he calls his buddy, Harvey Firestone up, oh, can't call his buddy, Harvey Firestone because the phone hasn't been invented yet. Telegraphs his buddy, Harvey's Firestone and says, hey, I need four tires. And Harvey telegraphs uh, Henry back, no problem at all, I'll have those for you. And so, again, just as 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 an example of the ludicrousness of this approach, and I want to give you an example to you know hang on to. So, uh, uh, Mr. Firestone goes out and plants some rubber tree seeds. Waits for the rubber tree seeds to mature under rubber trees. Knocks the rubber trees down. Uh, takes out the rubber component there. Melts it down. Builds a a few molds for the tires. Puts the warm rubber into the mold. Waits till it cools. Takes the uh, uh, tires out of the mold. Sends them off to Henry, and he now has four tires. Make to order. The business, the enterprise, everybody is sitting there waiting for the order to come in the door. Long lead times, low reliability, massive costs uh, that are out there, and a pretty high defect rate, unfortunately. It's called make-to-order. And with all due respect, and I really mean that, to the approaches that people have, that's where most technology organizations are. They don't have to be there, but they are. Part of it is Human, nature, change is difficult. Again, that was a topic of a couple of my uh, radio shows uh, on how difficult it is to change for a number of different reasons that are out there. Maturity level two, referred to as provide from stock. Very popular in the technology world. Very popular in our world too. So let's go back to Henry Ford for a moment. If any of you remember that famous phrase that was out there decades ago, And the phrase was, you can have any color of car that you want as long as it's black. (laughs) That phrase was referring to the only thing that was being produced was the exact same product. Now, in the world of technology, that's referred to as COTS packages, commercial off the shelf, commercial off the shelf, COTS packages. And you and I in technology are surrounded by that all the time. Uh, especially in our enterprises that's there, commercial off-the-shelf packages, a higher reliability, lower initial costs. Let me repeat that phrase, lower initial costs. But this is something that people don't recognize, actually increased complexity. And underlying that increased complexity is going to be more vulnerability, more maintenance, and a high percentage of the time actually more cost. Now, why is that? That's because a package is just that. You have to change your business, your enterprise, to fit the package. Let me repeat. You have to change your approach to things to fit the package. If you're not going to do that, and you're going to say, well, I'm going to modify the package, or I'm going to add some functionality outside and interface with that package. Please notice the word interface. It's not integrate. You cannot integrate. You can interface with that. You now have an increase in complexity because you now have to uh, uh, deal with the vendor's package and the vendor's changes and your software changes and your interfaces to those other products and all the interface that goes on there you have increased the complexity I'm not saying don't do it but please recognize that you're actually increasing in all probability, the complexity high degree of probability of increasing in complexity and probably an increase in cost and that's why people aren't seeing any reductions in their costs and the technical debt which is a topic of another one of our shows is actually going up in most organizations because of all of this uh, that's going on um this morning, uh, I was talking to a a, a state client uh, in in the state government, and uh, I almost fell off my chair when this individual said, uh, "Our maintenance budget is now ninety two percent of our technology budget. for for forgive me for chuckling. That's not funny, but it's like you got to be kidding. And uh, they don't see anything going down. And I hopefully we can have some effect on that organization eventually, you know, that's out there, provide from stock. Third level of maturity is called assemble to order. Assemble to order. And the example I give to people is a salad bar. That's the example that people have told me is the the most readily understandable. Now, what is a salad bar? Let's think about it for a moment. Let's look at a salad bar and pretend just for a moment, there's 16 containers. We have a container of lettuce, another one of tomatoes, another one of uh, uh, green peppers, another one with garbanzo beans, uh, uh, chicken, bacon, uh, whatever, kale, (laughs) broccoli, cauliflower, onions, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm talking about. Sixteen individual elements that are there. And you walk up to the salad bar and you are going to construct, you are going to assemble a salad that is exactly what you're looking for. And that will take you moments in time. And that is referred to as assemble to order. And ladies and gentlemen, that concept is everywhere in our life, with the exception of enterprise technology. Please notice what I said, enterprise, because I'll get to another analogy in just a moment. That may surprise you. So coming back to the salad bar for a moment, how many different kinds of salads, combinations of salads can be made? Well, if you do the mathematics, approximately plus or minus 23 million different types of salads. How's that for agility? Hey, that's what the enterprise wants that's out there. Coming back to this phrase, assemble to order, it is all around us. Walk into a restaurant. What do you think the menu is? The menu is choices that can be made, and hopefully the chef in the back of the room, in the back of the uh, kitchen, has not made all of those different combinations of dishes ahead of time. Um, You know, maybe they have, hopefully they haven't, (laughs) you know, that's out there. Walk into a Home Depot or a Lowe's. Assemble to order. They figured out what the independent variables are in those markets. You've got the doors and you've got the windows. you got the shingles. Uh, you've got the drywall. you got the paint. you got the two by fours. You've got the nails, et cetera, et cetera. Assemble to order. Walk into a grocery store. You're walking through the aisles. Here's the cans, canned goods. in the canned goods section, it's stratified into corn and and, and into uh, uh, tomatoes and into uh, whatever the elements are. Walk into the dairy department, assemble to order. Uh, You've got milk and you've got cheese and you've got yogurts and all these other things, you know, that are out there. In each domain that you and I are talking about, they figured out what the assembling process is. Walk into a clothing store. A men's clothing store, they'd have pants separated from shirts, separated from ties, separated from undergarments, et cetera, et cetera. You as the shopper can go in within those stores. Some people organize them by color, some by brand, some by style, some by whatever. Assemble to order is there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all around us. Now, final example. This is the strange thing. Take a look. I am going to suggest and probably believe that our audience, everyone, 99% of our audience probably has a smartphone. I'm going to bet a large cup of coffee at a popular chain out there that none of us in high probability have the exact same configuration of the Things that are on our cell phone. How can that be? That's because it's assembled to order. We have this plethora of things. Now, those things are not systems. They're functionality. They're individual elements of functionality that you and I decide to put together to meet our needs. And by pressing most of the time on the screen, we can change our mind. Isn't that amazing? Now, isn't it fascinating that the massive infrastructure systems that we have in most of our business and organizations have a maturity level one build process, but the things that are in our hand have a maturity level three process? Again, I want to be careful because underlying those functionalities, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, is the same Handcrafted approach, but it's hidden. Now, when I say it's hidden, you and I don't have to deal with that, but unfortunately, the vendors that supply us with the apps, as they're called in most cases, in a high number of cases, 95% plus from what our studies have shown, are still in the handcrafting mode. So, not all is good out there, but from our standpoint, your standpoint, and my standpoint, of ease of change, ease of use, and the high degree of, I want to emphasize again, functionality we get, it's because of this assemble-to-order approach at the end game that's there. Now, we've got to push that through the cycle that's there. So that was a brief introduction to this maturing concept. And when we come back from our break, I'm going to be talking about what do we need underlying that to actually make it happen. I'm Sam Holzman. You're listening to 2020's Enterprise. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Based on over 30 years of real world experience, The Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holtzman, brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise.
1: Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. And we're in this episode of the 2020s Enterprise, we're talking about uh, this concept of a process distribution center and a data distribution center. We're introducing these concepts to our general audience. Uh, some of you may have heard about these things, don't know. Uh, but in our first segment, I was talking about uh, this is coupling the maturity concepts that we're talking about, which are what I call assemble to order. And I was giving you, I hope, a number of different examples that show you that our daily lives are surrounded by these types of things. The question is, how do we actually move forward with this concept in our world of business and technology. And even in the business side of things, as I mentioned, walking into a grocery store or walking into a clothing store, walking into a Home Depot or walking into a restaurant, these concepts of assembling to order are very, very common, you know, that are out there. And unfortunately, the concentration historically, because of underlying difficulty of change as you and I need to do as human beings it's hard there's all sorts of fears of displacement and and things like that that go on it's a natural response to change of human beings so what we're trying to do is to speed thing up speed things up in that first maturity level and that's why we have things like Agile programming, and some of you have probably heard about containers and low-code approaches and all these other phrases that are still grumbling around in that area. And that's good, but it's actually just postponing the inevitable. This maturity will change. It has throughout history in everything else that surrounds your life and my life. So I'm going to pose the question rhetorically to, uh, to everybody to say, how long can we be different? Well, we're going to keep be- being different until those people that now essentially command people's attention, the quote, big boys, unquote, out there, whoever they are, the influencers, whoever they are, start being pushed aside by these new techniques. And it's going to happen, just like we see with this activity going on right now between internet shopping versus brick and mortar, uh, those types of things. There's resistance, I'm sure, that occurred in the beginning. Well, guess what? The more you resisted, the more difficult it is for you to compete nowadays, you know, that's out there. So we need to embrace this change. I'm not saying bet the farm, so to speak, but each organization that I'm speaking with, whether it's this audience or our consulting audience, needs to invest some portion of their budget in looking at these techniques at a minimum on a pilot basis. Some organizations that we've been working with, this is now a decade plus they've been doing this. This is nothing new. It's just something now that we've been formalizing because we can do this now. And underlying these things comes these two concepts that are referred to as a process distribution center and a data distribution center. Now, those concepts and phrases probably aren't too familiar with you. So let's, once again, give you a little historical perspective on this. And I'm going to start off on the data side for a moment. And uh, one of the most brilliant thinkers in that area is a gentleman named William uh, Inman. Bill Inman is what he usually goes by. And most people would suggest that he was the father of data warehousing, a concept that is probably in every Uh, major, at least, organization in the world, the concept of some type of holding spot for data, you know, that's out there. And when I first met Bill decades and decades and decades ago, (laughs) and he was doing uh, training sessions with us and conferences and things like that, uh, it was a marvel. It was just amazing and 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 the concept, essentially, that he put together of warehousing data. And I started learning about it, uh, you know, from the master, you know, and I need to give some credit to my brother-in-law. And who is that? First name is Jay. I'll leave the last name out, uh, not because he's a I don't want to <laughs> say anything good, bad, or different. Uh, not not really needed, but uh, if anyone contacts me, I'll be more than happy <laughs> to send you his email. <laughs> He's not in technology, but he is in distribution. So we were sitting there as a, at a family dinner one day, and I was telling Jay about Bill Inman and this brilliant concept uh, that he came up with. And the reason I was mentioning it to him is because wrongly, from my standpoint, my brother-in-law was a distribution center director for one of the large drugstore chains in the United States. Please remember what I just said, or let me remind you of what I just said, distribution center manager, director, excuse me. (laughs) And he looks at me and he says, Sam, I don't do warehousing. I do distribution. Well, I do listen kind of intently, especially for people from people that I respect. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? And he said, just like anyone else that really knows the subject matter that they're talking about, well, everybody knows warehousing is radically different than distribution. He says, warehousing is optimized for storage. Distribution, which I do, is organized for product movement. And he says, as a matter of fact, he says, if I take you out to an industrial center, I can almost look at a building and with a high degree of probability and confidence tell you which buildings are warehouses and which buildings are distribution centers. He says, because generally a warehouse, once again, optimized for product storage is built with a series of large doors on one side of the building. And he says, every distribution center is about product flow. So this bulk product comes in at one end of the building one set of big doors (laughs) comes into the essentially distribution center and out the other end comes a stratification of those products in our case he says for the various stores you know they need uh, 20 bags of uh, potato chips uh, 50 you know uh, tubes of toothpaste Uh, I'm not going to get into you know his (laughs) business whatever it is but you can imagine you know this these bulk things are in the warehouse and he's responsible for taking those bulk things and sort of you know, figuring out um, how they're all organized to fill the store quantities that are needed. And it's a huge logistics thing, as you can think about, you know, loading up the trucks first in, you know, last in, first out, all these other phrases that you hear about, uh, you know, warehousing and distribution and things like that are come into play. And that's his specialty. That's what he does. And uh, because of his positioning uh, in his company, I'm sure he's doing it very well. Well, that caught my attention. Difference between warehousing and distribution. And the other thing that caught my attention, and this may sound silly, is we talk about data warehousing. Why aren't we talking about process warehousing? I've never gotten an answer, by the way, on that. Uh, I haven't confronted anybody. I, I don't believe that's a good idea to do ever. But I said, wait a minute. You know when we started off with in technology, we used to be called data processing us in that business. All right, Now we have all sorts of crazy other names, you know digital transformation specialists or uh, information technology organizations, et cetera, et cetera. But what are we doing? We're processing data. That's what we're doing. And if somebody tells me they're doing something else, I said, well, what are you doing? Well, we're processing data. And so it's been interesting to me that we haven't thought about the other side of the equation, which is the process side. That is a discussion for a different episode of the 2020 Enterprise, uh, you know, that's out there. So, first of all, let's think about that concept. We have some kind of container a warehouse of all the data organized around common areas of interest. So let's think about the physical warehouse for a moment. Here's where all the potato chips are stored. Here's where all the toothpaste is stored. Here's where all the aspirin is stored, whatever it is. And then we essentially have the, it doesn't care what's, where, what, in the case of a of a you know a drugstore chain it doesn't care what store it goes to if i can use that phrase it's organized by like areas and some people call them subject areas you know that are you know that are out there and then you go in there and you pick out things in a hopefully logical manner to distribute you know that's out there And so you can look at the bulk concept of a, quote, warehouse, and then you have a distribution center that takes that bulk thing and breaks it up into individual stores, in our case, individual applications. And that's what a distribution center is. And so I'm paralleling the concepts paralleling the concepts that we're talking about in the physical world. And on top of that, and I don't know if I'm going to be tagged as the quote father of this. I don't care either way. I don't know if anybody else has talked about it. The concept of a process distribution center, organizing all the processes so that we can retrieve them and distribute them, you know, as we need. Data distribution, data warehousing, process distribution, process warehouse. All right. Now, let's go a little further. There's a number of things, unfortunately, that are missing. The other thing I learned about warehousing, especially, and then into distribution is last in first out When i mean when you put stuff away and you've got a section of your warehouse that's full of potato chips you want to make sure that you're picking things out of there um, that are the ones that will go stale the first not to yell at the customer or mess up the customer but you want to turn the inventory you know that's out there so that you don't have any stale products that you have to remove you know that's you know that's out there and that's one of the things about stale data or stale processes we have that same type of situation and the other thing about the warehouse i learned is that underlying the warehouse is an extremely important thing in a optimized warehouse you have No redundancy. The potato chips are only in one place. The toothpaste is only in one place. Now, if we go over the toothpaste section, it can be stratified into brand. One way to do it. And within brand by size and different containers, you have all of these different ways that you can organize things to make it efficient to go in there and grab things quickly and distribute them. Underlying that and what's missing in our universe is a classification system that is neutral to how it's being used, neutral to how it's being used in both the data side and the process side. And that's something that we've been working on quite a bit. And you're going to be hearing more and more about Building a neutral representation, a classification system that is, ladies and gentlemen, the backbone of maturity level three that we are heading in right now. Why is that? Anybody remember a library? Remember libraries? They used to have books in them and things like that. That's one of the most incredibly well-organized areas that you and I need to study. And underlying the library function that makes it click, there are three things. Not in any order. Thing one, a classification system neutral to usage. A classification system organized for storage and retrieval. And most libraries are organized by the Dewey Decimal System that's out there. Doesn't care, Dewey Decimal System doesn't care who's in there, what people are taking in and out. It's of a classification system neutral to use. In other words, they're separating architecture from implementation, a key thing that we in technology are still struggling with and frankly don't understand. And part of the issue Uh, once again comes back to a lot of misinformation out there about this topic and what a framework and a methodology and architecture and implementation are. Second thing that makes a library function is that when you put something in there and somebody takes it out, it hasn't changed its state. And in the world of search, by the way, that's called a long tail search that's out there. So when you put something away and somebody else goes to get it, there's a high degree of confidence that they know exactly what they're going to get. And the third element that makes the library click, believe it or not, is the librarian. And the reason for that is every once in a while when people actually start using the library, think about using data or using process. Things get out of kilter. You know, books get shelved in the wrong areas and somebody has to go in there and clear that up. And we'll talk about these concepts um, a little bit when we get back from our break. So we're going to just take a few minute break once again and we'll continue talking about process distribution centers and data distribution centers. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us through years of consulting with clients all over the world. The Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holtzman, brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, visit eacoe.org. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's Sam at e-a-c-o-e.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise.
1: Welcome back. We're talking about the concepts of a process distribution center and a data distribution center. And before our last break, I was giving you an analogy of a library and uh, how things are organized in there as the foundational requirement for this concept of assemble-to-order Mass customization, ladies and gentlemen, in quantities of one. Mass customization in quantities of one. Isn't that what we want? We want to be able to satisfy demands at the individual level. And the examples I gave you were salad bars. I don't know if it's a good example or not. And even more, close to home, the smartphone that most of you have in your pocket or your purse or in your hand where you decide, you decide where things are and what functionality is where. Not talking about software, you and I. We're customers. We're talking about functionality. Functionality, the way that we want to see it. And so we were talking about underlying this area was a few things that we needed. We talked about a classification system. And that classification system in the library was a Dewey Decimal System. And it in our world we're having some in quotes difficulties, unquotes, in, in doing that. And underlying that phrase is what we refer to as ontologies. And another example of that would be file cabinets. Anybody remember file cabinets? I know we're a paperless society, but those are organized. Your file cabinet is probably different than my file cabinet than the other person. And it's organized by, the phrase that's used, is kinds of things together. Kinds of things together. And that's the key. A hierarchy is an implementation approach. And that's parts of things in sequence. Very different. And that's what most people think about. Well, think about a warehouse, a real warehouse, and think about a library. They're not organized by parts of things they are organized by kinds of things together. Here's all the books about uh, Chevrolet 1957s. <laughs> okay. Here's all the books around uh, making uh, uh, chili uh, using um, beef. <laughs> uh, here's all the stuff organized around different snack items in a warehouse. Kinds of things together. That concept is so confusing to a lot of technologists because most technologists think implementation rather than architecture and structure unfortunately it's changing it's changing and those are technology architects versus enterprise or business architects that are out there so classification system second thing once again is the things that we put in there don't change their state. And the third thing I mentioned with a bit of humor was the librarian. And the librarian is somebody that goes into the library and straightens things out after whatever period of time it is. It could be a week, a month, a year, depending on the dynamics of the library. Uh, People, you know, have different usage and, and different types of things going on that's there. In the warehousing industry, By the way, they have the same concept. Notice the parallels that are going on. With a bit of frustration in my voice, it's all around us, ladies and gentlemen. It's just change, and change is difficult. Change is difficult. As we move from the Internet age to the information age, we see people in technology resisting because they may think they're going to be displaced and that's one of the biggest fears that people have my skills were top-notch three weeks ago i was on top of the heap people were hanging medals on us and now they're not and it's a natural fear it's a natural fear and there, through education and through coaching and all sorts of soft skills we can get around those things because that's what's happened throughout history if we and we can trace that back in a previous, once again, episode of the 2020s Enterprise. I went back to the nomadic age and the agricultural age and the mercantile age and showed you how this is another natural trans- transformation that goes on. Some people embrace it. Some people try to resist it. You know, that's uh, out there. So coming back to the librarian and in the physical world and warehousing, it's called four And this is done in physical warehouses, and we should do this in our data warehouses, and we should do this in their process warehouses once we start building them. And four-walling in the physical world is where somebody goes in and actually looks what's happening versus what's in a database, for example. So if I go into my warehouse and I count, I go into the potato chip section, and I count 51 cartons of potato chips, and I go to my computer system, and it says there's 54. Who's right? <laughs> well, you know who's right. It's the physical count. Wait a minute. It's a different question what happened to those other three cartons. And, of course, conversely, if our computer system says we have 47 cartons of potato chips, and we go into a warehouse and we've got 51, the same type of question. What happened? Because... A computer system is a surrogate. It's a representation of reality. It isn't reality in of itself, itself, when it comes to these things. And so the care and feeding of a data or process warehouse and a data or process distribution center is the same as what we see in libraries and in the physical world. I'm trying to bring to you the concept of these analogies that are really hard to argue with. Anybody can argue, of course, with anything. But these things have been going on for decades. Why don't we borrow from those industries that have been dealing with complexity for a long time? Now, a little further here. Let's just talk about what you may see out there. So, in a lot of cases, and this comes from a lot of public information, I've sort of uh, uh, consolidated all of these types of things, and talking about just on the data side, it would be tr- true on the process side, too, but just to give you a little uh, understanding between the difference between a database, which is a piece of of functioning technology, if I can use that, a data warehouse, and the concept of a distribution center. Now, this is historical. I'm not saying it's not changing in some organizations, but historically, a database was designed to record things. A warehouse was designed to analyze. But a distribution center that I'm talking about here is being uh, built to assemble solutions. Very different and wacko important. Not that the other two are not. The processing method. Database use, you know, is generally, you know, transaction processing. A warehouse, analytical processing. A distribution center, assemble to order. Fascinating, isn't it? Notice how it all fits here once we go to the next level of maturity. Usage. Database, operations of the business, warehousing, analysis of your business, distribution center, building solutions, again, very, very different. Orientation, databases tend to be oriented, focused around applications, warehouses, Subject areas very close to what we need in a library distribution center, and that's actually an ontology. An ontology when it comes to the ability to store and maintain databases a lot of times have a single or a few application attached to it, if I can use that phrase. A warehouse, multiple applications. A distribution center, jokingly doesn't care about the applications. You can go distribute anytime you want because it's assembled to order. It has no structure other than kinds of things together. Availability, we're hearing a lot about this now. Database, real time. Data warehouse, a little bit more lagging. It generally isn't looked at as something that needs to be zero time. Distribution center, 24-7. So we see, and there's a number of other items that I can, I can talk about, that all of these things, if we look past the maturity level one area that we're in, all fit together to move us in the same direction the physical world has been talking about. Assemble to order, and underlying that, the two fundamental things that we need are process warehouse, data warehouse, process distribution centers, and data distribution centers. Two things, data and process, separating those fundamentally because the independent variables is what we're looking at. No preconceived notions how we're putting things together. One final point and the analogies I've been using. Some people will say, Sam, you know, you just don't get it. You know, you talk about all this physical stuff and, you know, that's nice and, you know, that's a, but you don't get it. You don't get it because, you know, things are moving so fast that we don't, we, you know, the, the buildings don't change. You know, Home Depot doesn't change. Salad bars don't change every, you know, you get it. Just don't, they don't change as fast as technology. And, I'm going to say to you that what you need to understand is that those items are architected for change. Change is considered to be a fundamental understanding that's required by the architectural approach. Just imagine for a moment that you have a car and your tires are wearing out and The only way you can replace the tires is if you replace the whole car. It's all mushed together. You know what you'd say? It's crazy. But a a, a vehicle, a car was built to be changed. And change was part of the architecture, the upfront thinking, the upfront understanding, the architecture of the product has nothing to do with the speed of change. It has to do with recognizing that we have to consider change as continuous in the process that we're using. So I hope that I've given you some food for thought on this concept of moving into the information age and out of the internet age, and the concept of assemble to order the key to enterprise agility is not handcrafting, but building an environment that we can react to change in a heartbeat or two. Concept of a process distribution center and a data distribution center. Thank you for listening. I'm Sam Holzman. This is the 2020s Enterprise. Please reach out to me. It would be my pleasure to speak with you on this topic and others. Until next time, have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman again for another edition of our program. Next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then.